on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Matt Foley. We don't have much to complain about tonight. That's a heck of a way for the Brewers to open up a series against the Cubs here at American Family Field. 11-1, the final score. Adrian Hauser, really good. He goes six scoreless innings uh, with the six strikeouts and three walks. And then from an offensive perspective, 11 runs on 13 hits. A season-high six home runs hit for the Brewers today. Hunter Renfro hit a couple of them. I thought it was a really good day for Christian Yelich's line says one for three but he hit a couple balls really really hard like the way he looked we'll see if he can follow that up with more good days but all the way around a really solid day today for the crew have you till midnight if you want to join us you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet mortgage talk and text line 855-616-1620 855-616-1620 you can also tweet into the program at matt Pauley on air we'll hear the post game comments from manager craig council coming up in about 35 minutes We'll also go back through the game with the highlights. Vinny Rotino, former Brewer and Bally Sports Wisconsin analyst, he joins us next. The Brewers get the win over the Cubs this evening at American Family Field, 11-1. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Swinging a drive in the right, deep, way back. Get up, get up, get out of here and go on for Jace Peterson. The Brewers add two more on a high towering fly that got out of here in right. Just what the doctor ordered. Brewers get 11 runs on 13 hits of their 13 hits. Six of them, almost half, were home runs, and they pick up a win over the Cubs, 11-1. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings. My name is Matt Pauley from American Family Field. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Let's bring in former Brewer and Bally Sports Wisconsin analyst Vinny Rotino. And Vinny, a lot of good things about this one. We've talked so much about the ball just not flying. Well, the Brewers tried to prove that wrong today, hitting the six home runs. Yeah, I mean, the ball was certainly flying tonight. Although although I thought Rowdy Telez hit one well enough to get one out of there as well. And then you saw uh, Andrew McCutcheon hit a ball to the opposite field that didn't get out. You saw. So what I'm looking at when I see these balls that should be getting out, I'm looking at the players' reactions to it. And Andrew McCutcheon was like to heck with this, right? And he just kind of threw his hands up. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you get it, they're going to go, and that's what we saw tonight from this offense. Christian Yelich's first fly ball looked like I, off the bat, I thought that was going to be gone. Yeah, so something's going on with these balls. I know last year, and I don't think Major League Baseball or I don't know if it came out officially, but it, there was the rumor that some 2019 balls were just mixed into the and 2020 and 2019 balls were just mixed into the 2021 crop of baseballs, which were not as lively. And so all of a sudden you would get guys that are hitting balls on the barrel and they weren't going out of the ballpark. So I don't I don't know what's going on with these balls. I don't think – I think the players have a real beef with what's going on. Um, I know that they're using the humidor as well. So who really knows? But at the end of the day um, – I mean, I guess what you have to do is make the adjustment and either really, really get a ball to get it out of here or just try and hit more line drives and put the ball in play and have quality at-bats. 
we spend so much time talking about Christian Yelich when he has good games, and it's almost not fair to him because one good game does not mean a good series, a good week, a good month, a good season. But kind of here we go again, and you're the scout, Vinny, not me. But I I watched him tonight. Uh, he on that first one that we just talked about, he hit that one hard. Then he hits the home run. It really felt like he was in control at the plate today. Yeah. So what I think is happening. Is is that pitchers are going to start to throw, start to pitch to him? We we saw that he wouldn't get anything to hit right in the past couple of years, just because there wasn't a lot of protection. And we've talked about that on this show a bunch. So now I think they're going to start attacking him in the zone because you look at the line; he's got a 6.53 OPS even after tonight, getting two walks and hitting the homer. So. He's going to have to prove that he can handle the pitches in the zone, and then they'll probably start pitching around him again. But hopefully that's what we do see is that he gains that. I think it's a confidence thing, and I've said this a bunch. I do think it's a confidence thing. He's trying different things. He's trying to get a little bit more rhythm. You see how rhythmic his hands are starting to get. He's a little bit more into his legs and his setup as well. But um, as a hitter, when you're struggling that bad, you try and – tinker a little bit and those little tinker even even if it that's not even it they start to get you in a different mindset and all of a sudden you believe that that is what is creating more success for you so i'm I personally i hope he finds something um and to be consistent it's a good sign tonight that he had a nice game let's grab our first phone call of the night doug's in baraboo hey doug you're on wtmj Hey, good evening, Matt. Oh, what a great ball game tonight. I, I just wanted to back up uh, to yesterday and talk about uh, Andrew McCutcheon. You know, over the years with Pittsburgh and that, I've seen him play so many times and so many times against the Brewers where he's come in and just uh, played w- really well. But not only that, but had that clutch hit that seemed to really uh, take us out of, uh, out of ball games. It's so nice to have him on our team now. I'm really enjoying it. And I don't know if anybody's come up with the phrase. I like to give him a nickname, Cutch the Clutch. I don't know if anybody's used that before, but uh, it's uh, it's just nice having him and watching him play. Yeah, Doug, appreciate the call. I know the Brewers on their social media yesterday uh, referred to him as uh, McClutchin, uh, so kind of the same thing there. Uh, Vinny, to, to Doug's point, you can make the argument that McCutcheon has been the most consistent offensive player, and he certainly has driven in some runs. And It's not always easy to face off against your former team like he was yesterday. He actually talked about that after the game, how he hasn't had a whole lot of success against the Pirates since leaving there again tonight. He goes one for five, but that doesn't tell the story of, of how hard he was hitting the ball today. He just seems to be in a pretty good place right now. He was actually one for nine going into that big game where he went three for four yesterday with that home run and the big two RBI knock. And, you know, it is, it is difficult to play against your former team. After I left the Brewers, even in the, in the minor leagues, I would play against all these teammates that I really uh, embraced as, as more than just your teammates. These guys are your family members, especially a guy like McCutcheon who values that and kind of takes that role of leadership and that guy that's going to grind out every single at-bat, every single game with these guys that you go to battle with every night. And so that is more difficult to do that. So um, it was nice to see him have a big game and kind of clear all that and just play and, and have a big game. And, yes, he has carried this offense at times, especially early on. I thought he went through a little bit of a, a struggle period, especially in Philly, and then it was nice to see him come back yesterday and then, again, uh, hit some balls hard today, especially with that home run. 
855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air. Brewers uh, pick up the win against the Cubs tonight, 11-1. Bunch of text messages have come in. We'll start uh, getting to some of those and continue to take your phone calls as well. I'm Matt Pauley. That's Vinny Rotino. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. And McCutcheon, a high fly ball, deep left field. Racing back is half at the wall, and this one's going to fly out of here. McCutcheon homers for the second time in as many days. It's his first long ball at American Family Field as a Brewer, and the crew's lead grows to four to nothing. It would grow much larger than that. They win 11-1 this evening to open up this weekend series against the Cubs. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings. I'm Matt Pauley, Vinny Rotino here as well. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, or you can tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. Mike in Colorado text in, says, what a fantastic game to open the homestand and a crushing win over the Cubs. Uh, I th- Every batter got at least one hit tonight. Uh, made, makes reference to Adrian Hauser's arbitration case still not having gone uh, to the arbitration panel and says, uh, despite his pending arbitration case, Hauser is pitching like uh, what he deserves. Uh, is pitching like he deserves what he's asking for. Any chance the Brewers offer him a deal before the hearing takes place? Vinny, this is, a, this is the cost of the lockout where some of these arbitration hearings are taking place in season. Generally, these all get done during spring training before the regular season gets started. Uh, Again, the way a pitcher is performing right now, or anybody is performing right now, will not impact the arbitration because it's all about uh, what they were going into the season. Generally, the Brewers are a file and trial team, meaning if they can't uh, come to terms on an agreement before exchanging numbers, they're going to go to the hearing. So I say all that to say I guess it's not impossible that they could work out some sort of long-term deal with Hauser before that, but I would be very surprised. I would be very surprised as well. Let's just talk about like how good Adrian Hauser has been and how good this pitching staff has been really quick because we're talking about the offense scoring you know, the 11 runs tonight, and then we just gloss over the fact that Adrian Hauser went six innings and gave up like two or three, was it three hits? And so it's like unbelievable how good this guy's been. And so, you know, uh, I mean, I would definitely consider extending this this guy or, or coming to some sort of deal because at this point you could probably get him for pretty cheap um i'm talking about an extension but um yeah i don't know this guy's been so good as well as eric lauer as well as aaron ashby i mean blah 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 blah. it's almost like boring now talking about how amazing this pitching staff is adrian hauser is just one part of that i would i would certainly try and get this guy under contract before that hearing and oh, think about extending him it's the you know we we talk so much about the top three guys being Burns and Woodruff and Peralta, but when we've certainly talked about it on this show, Eric Lauer, it's not like there's a drop off either. Like those guys have right. just done some pretty incredible things, but you're not getting a drop off with Eric Lauer and, and Adrian Hauser. It's, it's remarkable how good this rotation is. Seriously, I mean, at the end of the day, like six six innings pitched, 101 pitches, 64 strikes, 63 strikes, and it's like 
No, 64 strikes, 101 pitches, and he was and he has the ability to adjust, right? So it's an all-left-handed lineup against them, the Cubs stacked. And think about the Cubs are second in the league in runs scored per game. I know there's a 21-run game in there that impacted that runs-per-game average for the Cubs, but he shut them down. Like, this is a pretty good offense for the Cubs, right? Um and, and and they've proven it so far this year. And, and Adrian Hauser shuts them down. He had the ability to adjust. We haven't seen him throw as many four-seamers as of late. And he goes ahead and he's like, okay, I'm going to implement the four-seamer up in the zone against this heavy left-handed lineup. He's also going to throw the changeup. So I think that was just a tremendous sign that he can make adjustments depending on how the team is going to attack them and how they're going to stack their lineup. Doug texted and says, wow, what we've been waiting for. Big scoring games close together. If they can just keep hitting somewhat consistent and with the best starters in baseball and a dead baseball, dare I say it, this team is close to unbeatable and could easily win over 100 games. Vinny, winning 100 games is really, really, really hard to do. That's a, that's a lot of wins. I'm not saying that this team will not be a 100-win team and as many games as they have against the Pirates and Reds. That certainly helps with that. But the, the main goal here is, I think, Get above 90 wins and win the division and put yourself in good position to legitimately compete for a World Series. No, I mean, I, I called 100 wins before on the season preview show, so I'm going to I'm gonna about quintuple down on that call because, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, especially their schedule up here in May. After the Cubs, they have the Reds for three. Then they do have the Braves for three. And then they have the Reds again for three more. And then they play the Cubs again at the end of the, at the, end of the month. And the Cubs are pretty good. But I just think that they stack up so well against some of these teams that don't have good pitching staffs but have decent offenses. They stack up so exceptionally well against those kinds of teams because the, the, the texture right there hit the nail right on the head. As long as you get some offense, and it doesn't have to be the best in the league. It doesn't even have to be top ten. Middle of the road offense, you're going to win that game just because of this pitching staff. The starting pitchers for one, and then the back end of the bullpen. So it's like, I see 100 wins being such in the realm of possibility. They were six games over 500 going into the today with a plus three run differential. What does that mean? They're playing a bunch of close games and winning them. So, uh, I mean, I, I, th- I would be shocked if they didn't win 95 games at this point, especially, like you said, because of the schedule is, is a little bit lighter with the, re- with the Reds there and the Pirates. Text from the 414. I love this team's offense is definitely showing, and this is the true. If this is the true consistent offense, we'll be a scary team. I don't think you can uh, expect six home runs and 11 runs on a nightly basis, but I think you can say they are better than what they have been showing throughout much of the season. And Brendan texting in says, What do you do with Kane and uh, Taylor at the center field position? Uh, Vinny, tonight uh, Lorenzo Kane had one of his better performances of the year. He goes two for three. He's still hitting just 174. Tyrone Taylor's not hitting a whole lot better than that. I think right now Taylor's giving you a little bit more than Kane, but at the same time, Kane has earned the opportunity to kind of get out of whatever's going on with him. And if, if, if he can find a little bit of who he was before, that's just another added bat. So it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, I think everybody knows that maybe at this moment Taylor's giving you a little bit more. But you also don't want to just throw Lorenzo Cain away knowing that it's a long season and he, he might still find it. 
Low Kane's an important player because he can play. He can still play at least plus center field defense. It might even be better than plus D. It might be elite still. I mean, I still go back to that play that he almost made in the NLDS against the Braves where he smashed into the wall. Couldn't even believe that he got to that ball. He can still do that. You still need to keep him healthy because he's important. Because, of, again, what I, we just talked about, this is a run prevention team, run prevention first type of a team. Now, with that said, the analytics groups are so good at matching up, and maybe Locaine doesn't play as much in center field when an Adrian Hauser is on the mound who gets 60% ground balls. It just, it, but, you know, against a team like the Cubs who have a heavy left-handed lineup who, who might hit more fly balls. You see how it all works, and they're all – They're crunching numbers and they're using algorithms to figure out who the best lineup is and who the best run prevention defense would be for that particular pitcher that night. Low Kane is at this point, I think the bat's just a tick slow at this point. It just happens. He's hitting the age curve. And so I think Tyrone Taylor is going to give you more offensively. He's not going to be as good in, in center. So with that said... Uh, I think that's the role, Locaine, and I think he's happy with it. I think he just wants to win another World Series, and he wants to do it here with the Brewers. 11-1, Brewers get the win over the Cubs. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so. 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. We'll still hear the postgame comments of manager Craig Council. We'll also go back through the game with the highlights. That's all coming up. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley. The target up and the pitch. Hit in the air to right. Deep. Warning track. Get up at the wall. Gone. Hunter Renfro has just hit one out of here. Six home runs tonight for the Brewers. They knock off the Chicago Cubs 11-1. Brewers' extra innings continues on. It could have easily been more than six home runs if the baseball that they were using today is the dead-end baseball. And again, pitchers out there will tell you that it feels like every day, even sometimes from one inning to the next, the baseball feels and acts different. Uh, But there were... There were other balls that were hit hard today. Rowdy Telez had one. Christian Yelich could have had a two-home run day. Andrew McCutcheon could have had multiple home runs. So there were some balls that were flying that ended up getting caught in the outfield. But six home runs today for the Brewers. It is the eighth time, just the eighth time in franchise history, that they have hit six or more home runs in a single game. And they've done so twice against the Cubs. They did it at Wrigley Field back in April of 2006. And we talked about Adrian Hauser and just how good he has been. Hauser goes the six innings tonight, gives up just two hits, six strikeouts, and three walks. When you look at what he's done, especially at home, over his last 19 appearances, and that includes 17 starts at American Family Field, going all the way back to September 13th of 2020. So all of last season, this season so far, and right at the end of 2020, during that time, he's thrown just over 93 and a third innings, giving up 28 earned runs. That's a 2.70 ERA. So a year-plus worth of baseball in home games. He's got a 2.70 ERA. That's not a flash-in-the-pan deal. That is something legitimate, and he deserves credit. It's just, it's almost not fair to Eric Lauer and Adrian Hauser how good Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta are and how those guys kind of got, we were paying attention to those guys before we were paying attention to 
Hauser and Lauer. So all of a sudden, the narrative became the three-headed monster of Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. And I think we need to do a better job of no longer separating out those three from everybody else. We've talked about Eric Lauer. Adrian Hauser's numbers stand for themselves as well. There is there is not much of a drop-off. Whoever's number one and whoever's number five, and, and bluntly, if you want to kind of futz around with the numbers a little bit, you can make arguments for any of these five guys being the top guy or being the bottom guy, depending on how you are going to uh, how you're going to rank them. You might not be able to make Corbin Burns uh, the bottom guy, but you, you get the point of what I'm trying to say. You know, looking at certain numbers, batting average against OPS against home runs, strikeouts, uh, innings pitch, going back to June of last year, going back to September of 2020. Like you do, you run all these different uh, numerical situations, and it's really easy to have a legitimate argument for any of those guys being the best of the five. And we're not even talking about Aaron Ashby, who's been very, very good, and to have him as sitting there as that sixth starter and that swing guy who you use out of the bullpen uh, when you when you don't need a sixth starter, it's just, it, it is, nobody else, made, there's some good pitching staffs in baseball. Nobody else has what the Brewers have here at the moment. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet in at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. The postgame comments of manager Craig Council come your way next. Brewers get the 11-1 win over the Cubs. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Hauser deals again, swinging little fly ball that is going to be caught by Hunter Renfro in right field to end the inning. 11-1. Really good offensive performance, really good pitching performance today from the Brewers. You talk about putting it all together. They absolutely do. They commit one error, but outside of that, the defense is uh, perfectly fine as well. This was a well-played game for the Brewers, certainly one of their better played games of the year. 11-1 the final. Six home runs hit today uh, by the crew as they scored the 11 runs on 13 hits, and as you might expect, manager Craig Council speaking with the media just a little while ago. He opened up talking about what his team did do from an offensive perspective. We swung the bats well. A uh, bunch of homers, obviously. Um, you know, it's it's good to see the ball go over the fence for sure. And you know, Hunter had a great night. Um, yeah, I mean, we swung the bat really, really well. Craig uh, Hendricks is somebody that's pitched well before against you guys. What would you like about the approach this time around against them? Yeah, I mean, he's a good pitcher. Um, you know, the, the thing with him is. He, just he felt a little bit off tonight um and we took advantage of it and that that's what you have to do um you know some of his miss just had some misses that were more than usual um and uh and we took advantage of it so the ball was up and um we, we put a lot of good swings and we had a lot of balls to the, to the wall too just in general so um i thought you know you when a, a Guy's not locked in. You take advantage of it, and we did that tonight. Adrian, on the other hand, looked incredibly locked in. Just kind of vintage Adrian Hauser all night. Yeah, I mean they 
they um, they made him work. You know, there's a lot of three ball counts, but he but he you know he made pitches. Um, I mean, I thought he came out of the gate. He was really really like crisp. Was kind of stuff was electric almost, almost like as as good as we've seen it. But uh, ball was kind of moving all over the place a little bit, and which is a good thing. Um, so it, it led him into some deep counts, and uh, it kind of drove his pitch count up a little. But he kind of rescued himself in the fifth and the sixth there, and with and a nice job. Um, but a great start. What did you think of the way he kind of mixed mixed up his pitches with that lefty heavy line? Yeah, I mean I, the changeup was a good pitch tonight. Um, he used the four seam fastball well. Um, you know, I thought those two pitches were. I thought the changeup early in the game. We got got a bunch of outs with the changeup, and um, you know that that's that's the pitch that's going to neutralize the left-handed hitters. Moving forward, you, you're able to give your back end guys a, a much needed break, so it just kind of adds to the importance of both the offense and Adrian. Yeah, well, that, that's that's a big deal. We've we've played so many games where those guys have been right in the middle of everything, and um, to uh, to give a bunch of guys. Uh, just a, an easy night um, sets us up well for for the next two days. How great was it to have uh, ten extra base hits tonight? Obviously, you scored twelve against the Pirates the other night. You only had three tonight. You had ten. So how great was that to see? Yeah, I mean, I, it was a night we really we just drove the ball well. We, we you know, had had some near misses. Kutch had a couple balls too that he drove to the wall. Um, so we just we put good swings on the baseball tonight, and, and you know the extra base hit is a pretty good formula for for good offense. And uh, we're get we're when we got pitches to hit tonight, we put really good swings on them. That's something that Craig Council talks about a lot. When you have the opportunity to do damage, you have to do damage. When the hit when the pitches are there, when you are given that that proverbial pitch to hit, you have to take advantage of it. And throughout much of this season, the Brewers have not done that. If if the opposing pitcher is just going out there and is incredible and is borderline unhittable, he'll be the first person to say it. But he'll also be very honest about things where if you've got a guy who gave you some pitches to hit and you just don't hit him, he'll, he'll make that point. And we, we've heard that a lot this year. Don't hear it tonight because when the Brewers got pitches to hit, they absolutely put good swings on them, and that's a really, really good sign for this team. Brewers get the win tonight over the Cubs. Once again, the final score, 11-1. to How does it all go down? We have quite the highlight segment coming up. That's what happens when you have 11 runs on 13 hits. We'll go back through the game with the highlights. That's next here on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get up! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 11-1, Brewers get the win over the Cubs. Starting pitching matchup tonight. Adrian Hauser on the mound for the Brewers. Kyle Hendricks getting the start for Chicago. It would be the Brewers who would strike first. It comes in the bottom of the second inning. It all gets started with Rowdy Telez. Telez to right, center, and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here! It is off the wall! He's in the second base with a standing double to lead off in the second. After Hunter Renfro pops out and Omar Nervaez grounds out for the first two outs of the inning, Lorenzo Cain comes to the plate. 
Two men around, runner at third, and the pitch. Lorenzo, bouncer over the middle. This is going to be a tough play. And the run's going to score, and Lorenzo Kane's going to have an infield base hit, I believe. That makes it 1-0. It was ruled that way. Next hitter, Jace Peterson. Swing and a drive in the right, deep, way back. Get up, get up, get out of here and go on for Jace Peterson. And the Brewers add two more on a high-towering fly that got out of here in right. Three runs on four hits in the second, and the Brewers take that three-run lead into the third where they get another run with one out, Andrew McCutcheon at the plate. And McCutcheon, a high fly ball, deep left field. Racing back is Hap at the wall, and this one's going to fly out of here. McCutcheon homers for the second time in as many days. It's his first long ball at American Family Field as a Brewer, and the crew's lead grows to four to nothing. That was also the second of back-to-back hard-hit balls as Christian Yelich uh, flew out to lead the inning off, and uh, he didn't miss a home run by much, and then Andrew McCutcheon hits the home run, 4-0 the score. Top of the fourth inning, Ian Happ walks, and then the first out of the inning is recorded when Seiya Suzuki flies out, but then Alfonso Rivas gets a base hit, so runners on at first and second for Patrick Wisdom. Looks at second, gives it another look, and now the 0-1 pitch. Chopper to short, could be two. Adamas to second for one, Wong on to first in time. A 6-4-3 double play turned by the crew. So it keeps it a 4-0 game. Brewers get going again in the fifth. It all gets started with Willie Adamas. 2-2 offering. Hendricks, rocks and deals. Swing on a drive to the gap in left center. It's going to get all the way to the warning track and to the wall. Adamas digging for second. He's going to hold up there. So Willie Adamas is on at second, and it brings up Christian Yelich. And the pitch. Swing and a drive. Right center and deep. Get up. Get up. Get out of here and gone for Yelich. And the Brewers add two more on a big one hit to right center by Christian Yelich. He hit it, and he knew it. Makes it a 6-0 game. It brings up Andrew McCutcheon. He hits the ball really hard, but Suzuki is able to make the catch off the bat. Thought it might get out of there. That ends the day for Kyle Hendricks as Daniel Norris then comes into the game. First batter he faces is Rowdy Telez. He strikes out. Second batter he faces is Hunter Renfro. The target up and the pitch. Hit in the air to right. Deep. Warning track. Get up at the wall. Go! hit one out of here. All the while, Adrian Hauser was just rolling along. He was at five scoreless innings going into the top of the sixth inning. In the top of the sixth, he gets Jonathan VR to ground out and Wilson Contreras to a pop out. After Ian Happ reaches on an air, it's Suzuki standing in. Hauser deals again. Swinging. Little fly ball that is going to be caught by Hunter Renfro in right field to end the inning. That's the final out for Adrian Hauser. Six scoreless for him. The game remains 7-0 as we go to the top of the seventh inning. That's when Hobie Milner comes in. He gets the first out when he gets Rivas to a ground out, but then a double off the bat of Patrick Wisdom. Uh, after the second out is recorded, Nico Horner walks. So runners on at first and second. 
The Cubs go to their bench to bring up pinch hitter Frank Schwindel, and the Brewers go back to the bullpen as Jandel Gustave comes in. Gustave walks Schwindel, so the bases are loaded, and the Brewers do give a bit of a gift to the Cubs. There's a wild pitch that allows Patrick Wisdom to score. That makes it a 7-1 game. Uh, Cubs could get back into it if they got a big hit right there. It's the former Brewer, Jonathan VR at the plate. 1-2 pitch. Ground ball hits the mound, but Adamas behind the bag at second will field it and throw to first to take care of VR. And the inning is over. 7-1. Brewers have the lead going to the bottom of the seventh, and they answer that and more in the bottom of the seventh inning. New pitcher is Sean Newcomb, who the Cubs had uh, recently acquired from the Atlanta Braves. He strikes out Christian Yelich and then gets Andrew McCutcheon to fly out. So quickly, two outs in the inning and walking up to the plate, it is Hunter Renfro. 1-2 pitch. Renfro, high fly ball, right center field. Hermosillo racing back to the track. That one is gone. A multi-home run night for Hunter Renfro. A two-run blast, and it puts the Brewers on top 9-1. to They would get a double off the bat of Omar Nervaez in that inning, but nothing more. So 9-1 to headed to the eighth inning, and the Brewers just keep on going as Mike Brasso ends up getting a base hit in the eighth. Then Colton Wong replaces him on the bases on a fielder's choice. Ethan Robertson comes in to pitch, and he faces off against Willie Adamas. Colton Wong leads at first. He's holding. This one hit in the air to left and deep. Way back. Get up. Get up. Get out of here and gone for Willie Adamas. High, deep drive to the second deck out there. He got all of that one. Jake Cousins pitches the ninth inning, and the Brewers get the 11-1 victory as they improve to 14-7. The Cubs, they drop to 8-12, winning totals for the crew. 11 runs, 13 hits, one air. They leave five for the Cubs. One run, three hits, no airs. They leave seven. Winning pitcher in this game for the Brewers, Adrian Hauser. I haven't seen a lot of starters get wins this year, uh, but that's the case today. Hauser goes to 2-2. Two and two. Kyle Hendricks takes the loss. He's 1-2. Home runs, there's a bunch of them. Jace Peterson, his first. Andrew McCutcheon, his second. Christian Yelich, his second. Hunter Renfro, his third and fourth. And Willie Adamas, his fifth. The game lasting three hours and 15 minutes played in front of a crowd of 29,062 folks here at American Family Field. We'll take a break, come back. We'll give you some scores from around baseball and get you set for game number two of this three-game set. Brewers get the 11-1 win over the Cubs. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. 11-1, Brewers get the win over the Cubs. You know, we've spent so much time this season talking about the Brewers' uh, offensive struggles. Well, the Cubs are kind of in that same spot right now. Uh, according to baseball historian Doug Kern, this is the first time that the Cubs have been held to one run or less 
on three hits or less in back-to-back games since May of 2017 when they were playing against the Dodgers. So that's something. Also, uh, the Brewers uh, mentioned the six home runs and how it's the eighth time in franchise history that they have hit six or more home runs in a game. It's actually only the second time that they've done it at home. It's the second home game in team history where they hit exactly six home runs. The other was all the way back in 1979. It was a game they won against Baltimore, and they needed every single one of those home runs. They won that game by an 11-10 to score back in 1979. So some unique things. Uh, also, a uh, first home game for the Brewers where they had any combination of 10 extra base hits since July of 2008. That was a game against the Pirates that they won by an 11-6 score. That that one actually maybe surprises me the most that uh, they have not had a game, a home game, with 10 extra base hits since 2008. That I, I would have thought at some point they did, but they haven't, and uh, that's, that's kind of interesting. All right, let's go around the NL Central. This is what has happened throughout the course of the evening. The Pirates lose again. They're really starting to scuffle now. They're down to 8-12. and 12. They lose to the Padres tonight by a 7-3 score. Zach Thompson made the start for the Pirates, went four and a third, allowing four runs on three hits with three strikeouts and two walks. The Cardinals lose to the Diamondbacks by a 6-2 score. Adam Wainwright made the start for St. Louis. He goes six innings, allowing three runs on four hits, four strikeouts, five walks. He takes the loss. He drops to two and three. Paul Goldschmidt does hit a home run in the game against his former team. And the Reds, they get beat pretty good uh, in Colorado by the Rockies. 10-4 was the final there. Uh, They had their hard thrower on the mound. He's a lot of fun to uh, watch talking about uh, Hunter Green, but uh, tonight he goes four and a third, allowing four runs on six hits, six strikeouts, and four walks. As far as the Brewers minor leagues tonight, we'll start with uh, Low A Carolina. They were matched up against Down East. They had to resume a suspended game and then play a regularly scheduled game in that first one. They win by a 6-5 score. And then in the nightcap, they come back with another 6-5 win. So a makeshift doubleheader sweep for Carolina today. At High A, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers lose to Peoria by a 13-10 score. But congratulations going out to the voice of the Timber Rattlers, Chris Maring. Maring tonight, it has uh, been 20 years without him missing a broadcast. The last time he missed a broadcast for the Timber Rattlers uh, was uh, was yesterday, 20 years ago. So 20 years straight without missing a broadcast for Timber Rattlers broadcaster uh, Chris Maring. Congratulations to him for uh, that streak. You talk about an Ironman streak. That is certainly one of them. Double A Biloxi. They lose at home to uh, Pensacola by a 4 nothing score. And then Nashville and St. Paul, that game was suspended in the top of the seventh inning, and the game was all even at three runs apiece. Again, in our game, the Brewers come up with the victory. They knock off the Chicago Cubs by an 11-1 score, and they hit six home runs in the process. Hunter Renfro hit two of them. Adrian Hauser goes six innings, giving up just two hits with six strikeouts and three. 
three walks all the way around. That's a good day for the Brewers. Game two of this three-game series coming up tomorrow here at American Family Field. The Brewers will have left-handed pitcher Eric Lauer on the mound. Lauer comes in with a 1-0 record and a 2.20 ERA. He is going to be opposed by left-handed pitcher Justin Steele. Brewers have struggled against lefties this year. We'll see what they do tomorrow. Steele is 1-2 with a 5.40 ERA. 6-10 first pitch tomorrow. That means our network coverage is set to begin at 535. And I'll talk to you again tomorrow night after the game for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings.